ours is a world of haves and have-nots. And nothing has quite laid bare that disparity, like the COVID-19 pandemic. One need only to look at the performance of the stock market, where the pandemic has created lucrative opportunities for those who can afford to invest, leaving those who can't afford to even further behind. What happens, though, when those that are in power take advantage of their positions and profit off of a global pandemic that has brought so many people to their knees? Are there consequences when elected officials are accused of insider trading? Or is there too much of a gray area to prove beyond a doubt when accusations are levied? Welcome to The New Normal, the podcast exploring management research, brought to you by Delve, the official publication of McGill University's Dezotel Faculty of Management. I'm your host, Dave Kaufman. On this episode of The New Normal, we will discuss allegations of insider trading in American politics against former Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the Stock Act, and the gray areas that exist therein. How easy is it to get away with insider trading, especially for those in positions of power? If politicians aren't allowed to benefit from the knowledge of the market, will they continue to run for office? And are there more ethical alternatives that would allow elected officials to make money off of the stock market? First, let's hear from former President Barack Obama, who said this in November of 2020 to Georgia voters. I served in the Senate. I remember when we used to get briefings in the Senate for threats, that, including the kinds of briefings that your two current senators got about COVID-19. They got briefed. You know, you, you go into this room and it's all top secret and you got to kind of close everything off and, you know, you can't take anything out of the, of the briefing room because they, this is part of your responsibility as a public servant. And the point of these briefings is so that you can take quick action to protect the American people before it's too late. That's why the Senate gets these special briefings, to serve the interests of the people who have sent you to Washington, to serve their interests before your own. When I heard that your two senators here in Georgia and understand, what I'm about to say now is not a partisan statement. I, I'd be just as hard if I heard a Democrat was doing this. Your two senators uh, publicly were telling you that the virus would be no big deal. But behind closed doors, they were making a bunch of moves in the stock market to try to make sure their portfolios were protected instead of making sure you were protected, man, that's shady. That, that's, I mean, that, that's, that ain't right. Joining me for this episode is Patrick Augustin, an associate professor of finance at the Days Hotel Faculty of Management at McGill University. Augustin holds the Canada Research Chair in Macrofinance and Derivatives, and is an associate fellow with the Canadian Derivatives Institute. He holds a PhD in finance from the Stockholm School of Economics and held visiting research positions at the New York University Stern School of Business, the Stockholm School of Economics, the University of Sydney, 
and the Luxembourg School of Finance. Before joining academia, he worked as an attaché to the Luxembourg Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Augustin's work on insider trading and options has been widely covered in the financial press, including in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and Fortune. I started by asking Professor Augustin what exactly Loeffler and Purdue were accused of. Well, both senators were among a number of senators that were accused of insider trading during the coronavirus pandemic. So that's an episode that nowadays uh, you can look it up. It's considered to be one of the, the big scandals that occurred in Congress during last year. And so in particular, there were a number of senators, again, including Waffler and Purdue, who had access to privileged information and, and briefings about the upcoming pandemic in closed meetings, and that acted upon that kind of information that they received in confidentiality to trade with the stock market. And they benefited from, from these trades by either buying stocks that would benefit from the pandemic, such as pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, or selling stocks of companies that would be obviously hurt by the pandemic, such as entertainment companies or airline, the stocks of airline companies. You say accused. Does that mean it's not been proven that they did this? Have they admitted it? Well, none of these senators has admitted any wrongdoing. Effectively, there is consistently been denying of any wrongdoing. The SEC initiated investigation into their, their investing activities, into their stock trades. Up to date, all of the investigations have been stopped. And so effectively, none of them has been prosecuted for any potential wrongdoing. Is what they did illegal? Illegal is particularly in the context of incentive trading is a very, very charged word, in particular because it's extremely challenging to prove wrongdoing by illegal incentive trading. If you actually look at the history of incentive trading cases on a recurring basis, it becomes very, very like apparent that it's extremely difficult to prove insider trading. Very often, the devil actually likes the details of, of being able to make a case. And so, more specifically here, we raised the issue about insider trading by members of Congress. And it actually turned out that that used to be not illegal. So when members of Congress traded on, on, on private information that they did receive confidentially through their representation in closed Senate hearings, then that was not considered illegal. And so because of a number of kind of issues that have uh, that arose over the years, there was a legislation that was passed in 2012 by uh, President Barack Obama that led to this specifically this Stock Act, which is the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge, that was meant to prevent senators and politicians to trade on private inside information. Even though the frequency of trading by members of Congress has gone down ever since, there has to date not been a single case of prosecution of insider trading by members of Congress, which ultimately does not mean necessarily that there has been insider trading, but there are a number of cases where the stock price performance just seems too good to be true, and that raises a red flag, again, in, in the corporate context, as well as in the context of trading by Congress members, it's very, very challenging to prove any wrongdoing, given the current legislation. Does the Stock Act actually serve its purpose? It's a big question that relates to your earlier question in the sense that should senators be allowed to trade illegally? Well, first of all, again, it's, it's not clear whether it has been any illegal trading. So many of the Congress members deny any wrongdoing. They often refer to the fact that they trade based on, on public information or that they have deferred all the investment decisions to an independent advisor 
without any kind of communication between them and their advisors, given the premise that there might be insider trading by members of Congress who have access to privileged information through their, their functions as members of the Senate or, or the House. In that sense, the Stock Act has not been successful in, in curbing that activity. Again, the big scandal arose last year with the coronavirus pandemic. The frequency and the intensity of news and information that came out and that was impacting stocks across a number of industries raised that issue significantly. And in particular, the fact that a number of senators were accused of illegal insider trading and that there were investigations started raises again again a red flag whether any legislation to prohibit such activity has been enough so far. The Stock Act is a bill to prohibit members of Congress and employees of Congress from using private information derived from their official positions for personal benefit and for other purposes. Should politicians be allowed to not just buy and sell stocks, but own stocks? The law also says anyone has a fiduciary duty to someone else should not violate that fiduciary duty, right, and not breach that trust and trade based information that was provided in confidentiality. Certainly, politicians should never be able to exploit any sensitive or privileged information that they have access to through their position in, in politics. The question that becomes, it is attractive, right? So in, in the stock markets, you have a way of capitalizing on your investments to make money. So there's a financial industry that can be profitable. If you want to attract talented individuals into politics, where salaries are typically lower than the financial industry, I think it becomes tricky to outright ban any trading in, in stocks. Now, the problem is, though, that, that stocks of individual companies or the prices of these stocks are very sensitive to information. By allowing politicians to trade on stocks that are sensitive to private information, you're giving them an ability to be tempted to trade on information they receive and to exploit that information at the expense of Main Street. If you completely ban trading, politicians will not necessarily have an interest in, in joining politics. So I think there's a middle ground where potentially you can still allow them to invest in stocks indirectly by allowing them to invest in broad-based indices, such as exchange-traded funds or in regular market stock indices, but perhaps disallow them from trading directly in individual stocks. That might be a good middle ground. Have we heard politicians come out and say that if I was not allowed to do this, I would not run for senator, or I would not want to be your elected representative? I personally haven't heard that specific statement directly, but I think there are other politicians that have proposed legislations where senators would not be allowed effectively to trade stocks at all, or where they would be allowed to hold stocks but not trade in them during their terms in office. And even just going back to what we discussed earlier, the Stock Act, is essentially a legislation that's intended to effectively ban insider trading by, by congressmen or politicians more generally. And that, again, that legislation was in response to scandals that arose in, in earlier years. I'm concerned that the Stock Act might look good on paper, but what we've seen in the last year has proven that it's fairly toothless. We have examples of politicians attending meetings last year in the United States that informed senators and congresspeople of what was coming in a way that Joe Public couldn't have known. And then we can tie that into trades, selling of stocks that made people like former Senators Purdue and Loeffler a lot of money. 
if indeed the trades that all these senators implemented were directly in response to the information they received during a time frame when no other one had access to the information, then I would consider this personally as being trading on, on non-public information and in breach of a fiduciary duty that politicians have to the citizens. In that sense, while it would be illegal and essentially you could argue that in that case, the Stock Act was, was toothless. However, like I said, up to this date, the allegations have been dismissed and the investigations were dropped. So I do not have enough insights into the actual investigations by the SEC to be able to verify the accuracy of these allegations and to state whether the trades were actually legal. In my own research with my co-authors, what we did look at were the individual trades implemented by one particular senator, Senator Perdue, who is running for office in Georgia in the most recent election. As Augustin was speaking, I was reminded of when former President Donald Trump used his then-robust social media platforms to promote certain stocks. It's clear that when a president makes bold statements, that that might be perceived by the market as a bullish for a certain industry, a certain stock, or bearish. Is that a manipulation? It's difficult to grasp directly. I think there was a case where Elon Musk was effectively accused of manipulating the market by wrongfully disclosing information about a certain company, uh, trading in it, and then in the end it came to light that information was not true. My understanding is if you disclose information or you make statements that are untrue in order to influence the markets in either direction, and these statements turn out to be false. I mean, that's manipulative activity or manipulative device where you're conducting something illegal. Now, by just making a statement about your opinion, I mean, that's public information and you're not necessarily liable for how the market perceives your information. There was a moment last year where President Trump was promoting a drug called hydroxychloroquine, saying that this was the COVID miracle cure. Or it had a potential to combat the coronavirus when science and his own doctors like Drs. Burks and Fauci, couldn't back up what he was saying. I happen to think, based on what I've read, I've read a lot about hydroxy, uh, I happen to think that it has an impact, especially at the early years. There were some very good tests at uh, Ford, and the doctor from Yale came up with a very, very strong testament to it. There was a group of doctors yesterday, a large group, that were put on the Internet, and for some reason the Internet wanted to take them down and uh, took them off. I guess Twitter took them off, and I think Facebook took them off. I don't know why. I think they're very respected doctors. Trump continued to promote it in press briefings, to the media, and on Twitter. Then, at a certain point, some entrepreneurial journalists found out that he had invested in a mutual fund that owned shares in the company that produced hydroxychloroquine. Should that be considered out of bounds, in your opinion? I would personally consider it certainly unethical, without doubts, proving without beyond reasonable doubts that actual illegal insider trading was in play is extremely challenging. The fact that there has been so much uncertainty over the years in terms of what exactly insider trading legislation permits and what it does not permit with decisions by the Second Circuit overturning initial court decisions and vice versa again by the Supreme Court overturning decisions by the Second Circuit uh, just shows the difficulty in how actually proving the illegality of something. 
I would certainly argue that in, in this particular case, again, it's 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 unethical and it's very closely related to what we discussed that politicians perhaps not be trading individual stocks, but rather instead be only investing in, into broad-based stock market indices, which are not as sensitive to specific information about a particular company. As we concluded our conversation, I asked Professor Augustin what I think is ultimately the most important issue we've been looking at in this conversation. Do you believe that politicians should be able to profit from their positions of power? And if they can't benefit from insider trading, would there be other ways that they could financially benefit? They should certainly not be permitted to benefit from their position of power. When politicians enter into Congress or the Senate or whatever role they take, effectively they, they have an oath they put forward in order to further the best interests of the United States and, and the U.S. citizen. Any activity or action that they take at the expense of the United States, at the expense of U.S. citizens, or even if not at the expense of them, but to benefit themselves, and to give themselves an unfair advantage, their stakeholders, so to speak, or their, their constituents, is, in my, my point of view, unethical and unjust. The answer is certainly no. They should not be allowed to. And of course, it's not only trading on the stock markets where they can benefit financially if they have access to private information. I think there's also evidence of real estate deals where they're benefiting from purchasing or selling land opportunistically in response to developments. I think there's, of course, numerous other ways of benefiting from the position in power. But again, it's a very clear no, my answer, that they should not be allowed or able to, to exploit their, their, their position in power. Insider trading in politics has been an issue for as long as there have been politicians. But in the midst of a pandemic that has affected so many people so seismically, it feels even more inappropriate and opportunistic than it does under normal circumstances. As former President Barack Obama said in his remarks to the voters in Georgia that we heard off the top of this episode, politicians should be looking after the interests of their citizens, not using the pandemic as an opportunity to protect their portfolios or to be profiting off. Is it so unrealistic to expect altruism from those that we have elected and entrusted to serve? Or is this the unfortunate cost of doing business? Ultimately, much like we saw with the defeats of both Senators Loeffler and Purdue in the state of Georgia, it will be up to the voters to decide whether these actions are appropriate or not. Stay tuned as we navigate this new normal together. <laughs>